This week in the Bear Cave, everyone, Dennis Zarrell here with you. This week we are sponsored by Abode Real Estate, your professional real estate advisors in Colorado Springs and Teller County. Under the Bus Auto, your number one mobile mechanic in Teller County. In the Shadow Designs, the place where your custom creations are made for all occasions. And Peak Washing LLC, the pressure washing professionals for that dirty job. Well, I hope you're having an epic week. Lots of things going on in the world and lots of activities happening in Teller County as well. As uh, most of you know, the county fair is going on right now and the Rocky Mountain vibes are back home again this week. And we'll talk some more about that later on in the show. And it seems we're still getting that much needed rain and it is glorious. We have a packed lineup for you today. We have Mr. Tom Seehafer coming into the Bear Cave today, and we'll talk to him about some of the important projects he has going on here in the area. And of course, later on, we have my producing partner, Michelle Roselle, coming in with Storytime, and Ellen Moore is back today to talk about Donkey Derby Day. Kay Goodell comes in later on to join us from the Rocky Mountain Vibes, and she's going to talk a little bit of baseball, and of course, our field producer, Trevor Fitz, will be coming in as well. The rest of the month is shaping up pretty well. We have our title sponsor, Josh Dorsey, coming in next week to talk about some real estate. And he always has some great tips about how to improve your home if you're either getting ready to sell it or he has some great tips if you're going to buy a new home. The third week of August, we have our friend Zach Daniel coming into the Bear Cave to co-host with me. We'll also have interim fire chief from Florissant, Eric Holt, coming in, and he's going to be our guest that week as well. So if that gives you an idea for the next three weeks that are coming up, we uh, we got a lot of stuff going on. And uh, we're still working on some guests for the rest of the month. And as soon as we book them, we'll let you know. Well, as I mentioned before, there is no shortage of things going on in the world today. As everybody knows by now, the former leader of Al-Qaeda, Ayman al-Zarahiri, he was met by a couple of Hellfire missiles on Saturday, I believe it was. And you probably saw a sniffy speech from the White House. And to be fair, everyone in the free world is probably happy to see that uh, Joe actually took care of business and sent good old Zawahiri to virgin hell. Well, apparently they've been following him and tracking him for several months. And uh, as always, people start setting patterns and he walked out to his patio, I guess, or his balcony to take in that romantic side of Kabul and was met by a couple of Hellfire missiles and uh, Zawahiri, no more. As you remember, he was the mastermind of the September 11th attacks on the United States at the World Trade Center in the Pentagon. And along with his uh, buddy, Osama bin Laden, the rest is history, as they say. And of course, uh, Al-Qaeda strongly condemned the attack. They said it was violating the Doha Agreement. Well, I guess harboring the number one terrorist in the entire world in your city is not breaking an agreement. I don't know. But bottom line, they're once together in some burning jihad hell somewhere, and really nobody cares. So I guess that's a feather in Joe's hat. He needs to have something go right for a change, right? Though we probably know that, you know, he took extra precautions because he didn't want any civilians killed after that debacle when we uh, retreated out of Afghanistan and 10 people were killed, mistakenly identified as terrorists. So yeah, I guess he needs one to, uh, to go right for a change. 
Good old Skeletor Nancy Pelosi has landed in Taiwan despite being told not to do so by the Chinese government and against the recommendations of our military advisors. But she did so anyway, and I think one of her favorite pastimes is trolling the Chinese government. Remember during the Olympics when she told the athletes from the U.S. to be careful because the Chinese are violating human rights and she didn't want the U.S. athletes to make any negative comments about the Chinese government? I guess that right's reserved for her as she was making negative comments about the Chinese government. Good old Skeletor. You know, no one really knows why she is actually there or why she's going to Taiwan in the first place, and Sniffy in the White House has been oddly silent about the whole affair. The only people that have not been silent is uh, the Chinese government, of course. She said, our delegation came to Taiwan to make it clear we will not abandon Taiwan and we are proud of our enduring relationship. Well, I didn't know it was Nancy's job to make foreign policy for the United States other than to thumb her nose in the face of the Chinese government. She just loves to troll. But it is not uncommon for congressional people to travel around the world autonomously, not uh, paying attention to what the president says or doesn't say. And in this case, you know, Joe didn't say much at all. But if she's trying to troll and start World War III, then mission accomplished. And the Chinese reaction is to start war games and to show a, a show of force, so to speak, by flying their fighters across the Straits of Taiwan. And now they're going to conduct military exercises. But yeah, by then she's going to be long gone anyway. But uh, the one line I really like was the Chinese said that if she's accompanied by any U.S. fighters, they'll shoot them down and her plane as well. Well, you know, that would really suck to lose a bunch of fighters, wouldn't it? But, you know, she now has visited Taiwan. She's on her way out. And I think she's the highest ranking U.S. official to visit the island since former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich was there back in uh, 1997. So I guess we'll see what Madame Zinfandel has actually accomplished. I wonder if that means that she was literally the highest to make a visit. She loves the drama, though, doesn't she? Maybe she's cutting a deal for, I don't know, some unlimited amount of Botox. Who knows? I think she has a new name. Bear Pile Nasty. The last story that caught my eye and it really angered me along with uh, a lot of U.S. veterans was the Republicans holding back on the bill that would have extended the health care plan for veterans exposed to toxic substances while on active duty. You know, it's all about those toxins from burn piles and barrels and other chemicals that veterans were exposed to while they were serving overseas. And it just hasn't been during this latest conflict. It goes all the way back to the Vietnam War. And of course, Republican fossil Mitch McConnell, who's another guy who's corrupt to the core, he declined to respond initially, and the legislation was held up after he initially said the bill had been supported. They voted for it. I don't know about you, but is anyone else sick of veterans being political footballs, getting kicked around by idiots in the House and the Senate? I know I sure am. And all this response was because of Joe Manchin. He turncoated and cut a deal with Majority Leader Jackass Chuck Schumer, the idiot from Woke York, the deal about health care, climate, and other tax packages. Well, that's all back in the hopper. And this, of course, angered the elephants who thought that legislation would be limited to certain health care provisions. So what did they do? They came up with a genius plan to hold up the whole Veterans Expanded Health Care Plan. Well, enter comedian John Stewart, who is a huge supporter of veterans and veterans' rights, and he's also a huge USO supporter as well. Well, last week he unloaded in a colorful and a, really a passionate speech. I don't know if any of you saw that online, but he was kind of hunkered down outside of the Senate for days as he rightfully slammed the Republicans for their latest stupid move, using veterans as political pawns. It's the same old game plan, right? 
all the politicians care about these days, I think, is, you know, their undeserved summer vacations and, you know, allow the veterans to languish again. I should say John Stewart calling them out was probably the right thing to do. Well, the bottom line is that it worked because the Republicans last night voted to pass the bill. I think after all that negative publicity, the elephants probably got, you know, they got it. They Their fragile egos were hurt and they reversed course. So hopefully that expanded bill hit Sniffy's desk very quickly. And again, is anyone else just sick of all the stupid antics that are going on right now? Now, this is just another reason I hate both parties. I mean, I can't stand them. Just another reason why I am a confirmed, unaffiliated voter for the foreseeable future. I don't know. The craziness just keeps going on. And All right, Dennis, lower the blood pressure. I think it's time for something more positive. So coming up next is my guest, Mr. Tom Seehafer. So don't go away. You know, moving can be stressful. I know. I've moved 13 times in 20 years and I've lived in four different states. When it finally came time to move back to Colorado, Woodland Park and Taylor County were our target locations. But before I moved back home, I was looking for a real estate broker who understood and had experience with military families and knew the area well. I found Abode Real Estate and Joshua Dorsey. I called Josh right away and it only took 35 days to not only find our forever home, but to close and move into it. Josh understood exactly what we were looking for because he's a common sense person and knows a good deal from a bad one. He'll make every effort to make sure you get the home that you absolutely want and love. As your real estate advisor, Josh will focus on client satisfaction. His business is about service and he's not happy until you're happy. Whether it's finding you a home, finding the best loan, or helping you get the most out of selling your home, Josh is there to guide you. So if you're considering a real estate professional, give Josh a call today at 719-433-4773 or email him at joshua at csabode.com. That's J-O-S-H-U-A at C-S-A-B-O-D-E.com. I'm confident that you will be completely satisfied. Cave. I'm Dennis Zarrell, and my guest today is no stranger to Woodland Park. He is the owner, operator, and sensei of Kenpo Karate of Woodland Park, Mr. Tom Seehafer. Tom, welcome to the Bear Cave. Good morning, Dennis, and thank you for having me this morning. I appreciate the time. Absolutely. We've been trying this for a while, but uh, we, we finally got our schedules to match, and uh, and here we are. Yes. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Very excited to be on here and to uh, talk a little bit to Woodland Park and talk a little bit about some of the programs and what we are trying to do, how we're trying to help uh, everyone in the community, you know, young and old. So yeah, we got a lot going on, a lot, uh, a lot than most people would think that goes on in a, a martial arts studio. So let's go back a little bit for uh, maybe some of our, our newer listeners or people who may not know you. I mean, we have new people coming into the area all the time. So kind of take me back where you're from. Or how'd you kind of wind up in Colorado? All that kind of stuff. Okay. 
pretty much started off, lived in uh, New Jersey for 30 years, spent 17 years down on the Outer Banks, North Carolina, Kitty Hawk, Kildowell Hills, and then transferred out here. So I've been in Colorado, this area, Teller County area, um, for going on 15 years. So always been a fitness person, didn't start uh, into martial arts till I was about 30 down on the Outer Banks. And that was at the point where I got into it because I needed to find a release or my emotions, angers, going through a lot of things um, that some people go through at an earlier age. So I was going through the, the drugs and the alcohol and a bunch of different things. So I, you know, found that I needed to find another way to deal with, you know, emotion, stress and anger, like I said. And that's one of the things we try and talk to with kids because nowadays, you know, uh, medicating them or marijuana, giving them a pill or a, a bandaid, if you will, to deal with the situation instead of how to get them to deal with the long-term long-range program. So we try and, uh, again, through the martial arts, through boxing, give them some other options on um, dealing with motions and things. So I was a student there for, um, I started there 2007, was the student for seven years and my instructor was getting over it and uh, decided that I'd been in fitness and health for about half my life and didn't really want to go back to working for someone else. And it was also at that point, uh, which our um, slogan, whatever, going on Facebook and finding the fact that nine-year-olds are taking their own lives. So our platform, that's the word I'm looking for. So I decided that taking over martial arts school, which I never had any concept of doing before, but again, it is opportunity presented itself. My guides, my angels, whatever's out there and energy told me that this would be the right step for me. Um, I'd been a business owner before. And first business, I started with the flip of a coin. And that's what, you know, I'd really try and encourage people. Fearful, of course, but sometimes you've got to use that fear and just take that step. You know, you can either let fear scare you or fear can push you forward. So I flipped the coin. I had a tanning business up here, Phoenix Tanning, and uh, that's how I started the business. So from there, that led into finding uh, my instructor, taking over his school, using it as a platform for bully awareness and suicide prevention. So through that, we're creating programs, um, trying to talk to people, enlighten people, make them more aware of what is happening in Teller County. Like I said, I've been there. I'll be starting my ninth year as the owner, October 1st. So there's a lot that's been going on um, over the last eight years. I've had a lot of kids that come in through the programs that I participate in with um, community partnership and uh, uh, the work program through uh, jails, first time offenders. So I've seen a lot of kids and heard a lot. So just trying to, you know, sympathize with them and offer them alternatives to what they are going through right now. You say you're from Jersey, so you're an East Coast guy. Yes, sir. But what was it like for you as a kid? I, honestly, um, I have two older brothers and we're all two years apart. Never really bonded, you know, with the brothers. So my childhood, some people can remember, you know, when they were two years, three years, let's just say for the most part of childhood into teen years in high school, I was a very angry person for a lot of different reasons. And I could show you blank books. I used to journal a lot of my feelings at two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning when my body was awake for a variety of different reasons and just the emotions, the anger that I was writing down. Um, yeah, it'd be amazed. You'd be amazed at, you know, thinking that, did you, you know, I really wrote that 15, 20 years ago. So um, never was a fan, really. I never fit in anywhere um, in school, high school, wasn't the nerd, wasn't the jock, wasn't the smoking lounge, wasn't the actor, wasn't the singer. Um, 
So I just you found naturally we find other ways of dealing with, you know, loneliness, anger, emotions. And, you know, that's what led to a lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol. Um, so I was smart to get it done young, get all that stupid stuff out of the way, get um, some of the situations I got in taken care of at a young age. And that's what I'm trying to do with the kids that we have right now. Just like a typical parent. I don't have kids. I have four-legged kids. But if I can explain to you and show you and bond with you a little bit in a sincere manner what I went through, hopefully you might not have to go through that. And we may be able to help you, you know, expedite that and just jump over that little obstacle of using drugs or marijuana or using alcohol to numb your senses or to just block the loneliness. So... You know, if I knew then, you know, the past creates us. And that's what I'm trying to get people to understand is would I go back in time and change anything? Heck no, because that's where I am today. That's what's made me the strong person that I am. That's what's given me the goals that I have and the thought process. So these kids that are talking to me can bond with me. I'm not just blowing smoke up their skirt. They can sense me. They see it in my body language, in my emotions, in my face when we're talking. So if they can connect with someone like that right away, that can really help save them future, you know, strife and struggles. I can relate to everything that you're saying. You know, because like I say, kids who have been bullied or, you know, for whatever reason, either going to go off the deep end and, you know, suicide is so prevalent these days, especially in younger kids. And because of the advent of, uh, you know, social media and we have all these devices, it's a different world we live in for sure. You know, I don't see a lot of kids playing outside anymore because they've got their heads buried in an iPad or, or whatever. And I see parents trying to use devices as a pacifier. Babysitter, yes. You know, and it's crazy. But uh, here in Taylor County, we have a brand new police chief. And I, I talked to uh, Chris Deisler a couple of times and uh, I like what he's doing because if, if nobody has noticed lately, you've been sleeping under a rock or something, but we have a big problem going on right now. And it's with teenage online pornography and you know, allegedly and all these kinds of things are happening and exploitation of older teenagers exploiting younger teenagers. And uh, people are shocked. Well, I think it's been going on for a while. It's just that the chief is now exposing it by doing media online, you know, sending out press releases to expose what's going on in this community. And people are shocked. Well, guess what? It's been happening for a while. That's very true. And again, put it, put in a little uh, bump for the police chief. You need to meet the new police chief. You need to go to one of the forums uh, that he has monthly. Go onto the Woodland Park Police Department Facebook page, find information there. But if you, if you haven't met him, you need to meet him. You need to meet his team because he is the one that is bringing down the the child sex offenders, the pedophiles, the, you know, everything that is going on up here because he knows what's going on. He's not hiding his head. And we're not under dome up here. And so many people, like he said, like I've always known is that it's Woodland Park. It's not going to happen up here. And if you seriously believe that people, you really need to pull that head out of wherever you've got it right now, because it is happening. You need to pay attention to your child, to your 15 year olds, not letting them walk around Woodland Park eight o'clock at night. It can happen very quickly and they could wind up in another state. They could wind up in a different room. They could wind up behind the dumpster. So we really try to impress in a realistic manner 
that how serious things can go up here. And no, it is not paranoia. No, it is not fear, which is what I've often been told. Like anything else, it's awareness and preparing and being ready. You prepare, you know, dinner, you prepare your clothing for the next day, you prepare for retirement. So why not prepare for what if? What if something happens to my child? What if something happens to me? And it's the whole what if concept we're trying to get across from ages five all the way on up to whatever age is in there. So really need to just sort of open the eyes more. And with Facebook, one of the good things about Facebook is that the police chief is putting press releases. Last night, there was one on there for, oh, I don't know, needles and marijuana and drunk driving, just someone that he just pulled over the other day. So there's always something going on, which you haven't seen before. So he is keeping the community abreast of what is going on, what he's trying to do here. And we all need to be helping out. We all need to be more aware of what's going on, not turning your head, saying it's not my business. Um, acknowledging "Hmm, this looks a little odd. Maybe I should do something. This looks a little odd. You know, that person doesn't seem right. Maybe I should investigate a little bit more. Be aware. Don't turn your shoulders to people. You know, don't say it's not my business. It's not my job because it's it's everyone's job and it's everyone's, you know, business. Because we have 24, which is a huge corridor. Right. And, you know, you can talk to the Sheriff Michael or whoever and they'll, they'll tell you, I mean, this is a this is a haven for you know drugs. It's a haven for sex trafficking. It's a haven for all these kinds of things that have touched Taylor County. And uh, I think you're right. And you're spot on because uh, if you're a denier, so to right. speak, and people want to say, oh, you know, we have this beautiful town, it's all hunky dory. These issues are happening and, and it's repeat offenders. And I'll, I'll say Sam Harris right out in front of, front of, of course, every, he's everybody. Well known. He's well known in a lot of circles and I've known about that. So yes. I don't know if he is uh, taking stupid pills, but, uh, but you know what I mean? It's just like, it's these kids who are so vulnerable and it makes me wonder, it's like, what the hell is going on at home? Who is parenting them and are they not parenting or what's going on? It just makes you kind of wonder what's happening in the community sometimes. To allow someone like a Sam Harris to come into a child's life would tell me that the the children are not getting what is needed at home. Um, They're not getting the attention. They are not getting whatever. There's a disconnect there. And what I find a lot of it is communication and respect uh, are the two things we teach a lot of in the martial arts school. But communication is the big thing. Everyone comes home, mom and dad are, you know, tired, mom's preparing dinner, you know, kids sit down or kids go to their room. There's no communication. You know, one is angry. The other is angry. No one decides to communicate or understand why the other one feels the way they do. So, you know, communication needs to be in a family. And when you allow someone like a Sam Harris to be taking pictures of a 15 year old, giving pictures, receiving pictures. And again, that's one of the classes that we're going to be talking about coming up is cell phone safety. And what is your child hiding behind all those apps on the cell phone? You'd probably be real surprised if you got your child's phone and looked at what is actually hidden behind some of the calculator buttons or the memo buttons or the notepad buttons. It's out there, people. You know, don't just turn a blind eye to when your child says, no, everything is okay type deal. So opening up the doors to communication a little bit, mutual communication, mutual self-respect. Again, I I say it, parent wants the child to thank them for taking them to the movie. What about the parent thanking the child for doing, you know, emptying the dishwasher? You know, it's a small thing, but everyone likes to be accepted. Everyone likes to be appreciated. Everyone likes to be thanked. So give your child a, you know, high five for just showing some effort. And again, with martial arts. Trying to do one push-up or one sit-up, just showing the effort is what we encourage. And from that, that just builds on their ego and their confidence and realizing they can do something. It's just not as good as the next person. But you know what? You're only challenging one person, kids. 
and people. You're the person that you see in the mirror is the only challenge you got going on in your life, and that's what we try and stress with everyone. That is so true. You know, when we uh, when we first chatted a, a couple months ago, our half an hour chat wound up being like two hours or something like that. <laughs> and we had, we were talking about stuff like that, and uh, you know, it's become this chicken nuggets world whereby. It's just easier to pacify kids by, instead of having dinners at home. Now, I'm not saying all the families don't do that. Right. But it seems like it's not a world that exists anymore. I remember when I came, when I was a kid growing up, it's like, hey, six o'clock, you're sitting at the dinner table. You had meals as a family, discussed whatever, and then, you know, you went off on your way. And these days, it seems like, okay, well, let's just go to Wendy's, let's go to McDonald's. So nutrition plays a big part in the family dynamic, so to speak. Of course, of course. And we're starting to feed kids processed foods and things of that nature. And I can't help but think that all that junk that we're putting into our bodies also has an effect on our mental health. And uh, we need to kind of get back together again to that family dynamic and put that cell phone away. That's what blows my mind. I mean, my... My granddaughter, she was uh, 10, 11, had a cell phone. These right. days, I, I kind of get it, you know, because you want a communication, you want to know where your child's at, but hey, pick up your kid from school. You right. know, I mean, right. just simple things you can do. Well, a lot of it is, again, going back to the foods. It, well, anything, anytime you got to change your life, it takes effort. You know, people think with these commercials, what you see on TV, it's a five minute, this sprinkle this in your food. You don't have to make any changes. So anytime you got to make a change, it's going to take effort. It's not an instant, quick fix. So making dinners, yes, you know, you work all day. It is hard to come home and try and plan a full dinner. But if you have effective time management, you can bulk cook. You can plan menus. You can plan 15-minute meals, five-ingredient meals. You can encourage your children to get in there, get off their butts, give them money, tell them to go online, create a menu, and they cook a meal for you. You know, so there are a lot of ways to, I think, alleviate a lot of the roadblocks that... Again, parents set up for themselves. I can't do this. I can't do that. Can't is a word that I really, we really do not encourage. Uh, That's one of the four letter words in a martial arts studio that we really frown upon and that gets kids in trouble. So if we can, you know, help people find a shortcut to still doing the eating, you know, meal preparation, connecting with the family, sitting down, putting your phones away for the hour or hey, kids, you got no cell phone service after seven o'clock at night. It's effort. And parents got to be parents. You can still be friends, but you got to be a parent to your kid. I'll put a disclaimer in here. We're saying Sam Harris a lot because he's been in the news a lot. And right now it's alleged things that he's done. And I guess we'll find out when it all shakes out in court. But with that being said, tell us about some of the programs you've got going on right now. I know you've got some self-defense classes. You've got, you got all kinds of stuff going on. We, we have a lot going on. And again, just like Dennis said, these are my own opinions. And people who know me kind of know that, first of all, I'm an Aries. I'm a fire sign. I'm German and Irish. So I'm very opinionated. And you know what? That explains the drinking. There you go. Exactly. But you know what? We all need to have opinions. We all need to speak our minds because otherwise nothing changes. And you know what? If you don't like my opinion, that's fine. You know, you can turn me off. You can me off Facebook, but we're here to make a change in the community, help the kids, give them the structure maybe that they don't have. So with our programs, we offer boxing, we offer martial arts. Our style of martial arts is a street smart and user-friendly, more of a hands-on uh, boxing with a circular motion, the the Cobra Kai, the Karate Kid type motion. I was going to ask you if you watch Cobra Kai. Uh, we watch it sometimes. You know, it's getting a little redundant after season five, six, seven and bringing in. Still my favorite show. You still can learn a lot because the movie. Moves are very basic. 
So I would, you know, recommend it. it is a little bit violent, a little bit off the wall, but you can see what style we offer with our、uh, American Kempo Karate. So we've got the weight training. We've got, that's why people need to come in and see what we have because I have a lot in our 880 square foot space. We have a great outdoors to use, we have a field out back, but we offer programs for all fitness levels, all health levels. Yeah,、uh, Ages as young as three and four.、Um, my oldest is a Vietnam vet. He is 72 years old. He's in there three times a week doing the bag work. You know, we want to show people of all levels that anything is possible. You just got to try, and we challenge them to. You know, make themselves better med- mentally, physically, emotionally. You want to come in and do the bag, pound the bag, take your frustration out on that, that's fine. You want to come in, pound me, take your anger, frustration out on me, that's fine. But you know what? You're going to learn technique. You're going to learn how to do it properly so you don't set yourself up for a fall, risk you know, injuring yourself, endangering yourself, getting yourself killed. We give you a little bit more of technique. We raise your awareness. We teach you about situational, situational awareness, which is a really big word. But in other words, you know, that's just knowing what's going on. On in front of you, behind you, next to you. So, again, learning to use what is in you, meaning your heart, your brain, on you, cell phone, water bottle, jewelry, around you, what is on the ground around you. If you do get into a situation, a brick to your right, a two by four on your left, you're stepping on gravel. So, just getting people to think, wow, I never thought of that. And it doesn't, you don't need, you know, five years of martial arts, couple classes, which we offer. Um, we're there six days a week, pretty much five in the morning to about five at night. So it makes scheduling easy for you or your kids. Well, kind of wrap this all up. What kind of programs have you got coming on and what are we going to look for in the near future? September 17th, we actually do have, again, talking about. You know, that's one subject, human trafficking. We're going to be raising awareness on that a little bit. We're going to be talking about cell phone safety.、Um, that is going to be 10 to 1 at my studio.、Um, October 8th, we're going back to our self defense class for women. That's for all ages, you know, probably five and up. But teaching them a little bit more about what to do with chokes from the front and back, with wrist grabs.、Um, so, again, it's just raising the awareness. That will also be 10 to 1. You can find a lot of this information on Facebook, on Kempo Karate of Woodland Park.、Um, but that will also be at our studios. But we're going to try and have something going on once a month just to keep, because you've got to be consistent. In your training. So, even once a month for you know, one hour, two hours, three hours is what we need to do. I'm going to bring to the community what, and here, here comes some trouble, what the schools won't allow me to do. Okay. And I said it. I don't feel the schools in handling things. You know, we, I try and handle another way. You know, tell me what you can't do and I'll show you what you can do. So, I'm not going to go off on the schools, but I think. You know, I would love to be able to do an assembly in the schools and talk to kids a little bit more about what we are trying to do, what they don't need to be doing. Read about me and what we do there. I, I do have a good following in the community because I love the community. I want to see some changes. I'm very passionate. And I think a lot of people will tell you that's one of the biggest words that you can find about me is passion, which people often mistake for anger. But like I said, I'm German, I'm Irish, I'm Aries, I'm a fire sign, I'm a very loud person. But You will listen to what I have to say. So, lastly, Tom, where is your、uh, studio located at? Tell us, tell us how we can get a hold of you and, and where you're located. We're located in the City Market Center on the lower level over by Sherwin Williams. I have a couple banners out there, a couple signs. But yeah, you can find me there six days a week. Give me a call, 719 930 6365. Find me on Facebook, Kempo, K E N is Nancy P O, Karate of Woodland Park. Don't think there's any idea so crazy that I'm going to turn you away because I love crazy. 
easy. Well, Tom, I appreciate you coming in and spending some time with us. And uh, you know what? Go check Tom out and go check out that studio because I, uh, I think you're going to find that you may even learn something and make your life a little bit better. Thank you, Dennis. When we come back, it's story time with Michelle, followed by a Donkey Derby Day update with Secretary of the Two Mile High Club, Ellen Moore, and uh, a surprise guest. So, be a match. Come on back. Are you tired of being overcharged by underqualified mechanics at your hometown garages? Only to find out that the promised work you paid for was never done and those new parts aren't so new? Then you need to contact Teller County's number one mobile mechanic. And that's Tony Roy from Under the Bus Auto. Like the name says, Tony will throw all other mechanics under the bus with price, craftsmanship, and attention to detail. Plus, he'll come to your location so you don't have that extra worry. Honest and reliable, Tony works closely with his clients and won't make empty promises. So call Tony at 336-512-4983 or check out the website at underthebusauto.com. That's Under the Bus Auto, your mobile mechanic providing all your automotive solutions and needs. Back to the Bear Cave. I'm Dennis Zerl, and right now it is story time with Michelle. Hey, Michelle, how's it going? Hey, it's another day. <laughs> hey, well, hey, you get to uh, go on an adventure tomorrow, so that's yeah, that's a good yes, thing. I'm so ready. Put me on a jet plane for sure. Well, that's where you're going. Yep, yep, yep. So I'll be South Carolina bound. <laughs> Well, it'll be worth it because you'll get there, what, in the afternoon sometime and just uh, be able to chill by the lake? Yes, chill by the lake. And I know nobody out here knows about boiled peanuts. Mm-mm-mm. I'm ready for some boiled peanuts. You know, they are pretty good. They really are. <laughs> the, the first time I heard about you know, boiled peanuts, I'm like, boiled peanuts? What's that all about? This guy hands me a bag and I started eating them. I was like, wow, this is like really good. It's either a love or hate. Either you love them or you absolutely hate them. Yeah. <laughs> That's what well, I've discovered. <laughs> It's it's kind of like it's kind of like okra, you know. It's a big southern kind of thing too. And it's like I true. I still haven't gotten the hang of that. Oh, I love fried okra too. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's the it's the slimy kind of snotty thing that's going on. You know, it's like hey, I don't yeah, I don't care if anybody else eats it. I'm just a I just never I don't get it. I guess I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. So yeah, we're gonna get some boat time, some rays, some water, fishing. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, I'll hold down the bear cave for you. I'll have to find a, a story. But uh, anyway, what's uh, what's the story of the week? So, you know, we've been talking about Cripple Creek and Victor and um, all the really crazy stuff that was going on. So I kind of wanted to stick with that theme. Um, and this time I'm going to talk a little bit about the mines. And that's why we're here. Of course, we're the world's greatest gold camp. Uh, this story is also from the Leland Fights book, Cripple Creek, A Quick History. And so let's get into it. All right, let's do it. All right. In 1900, gold worth more than $18 million 
years was mined in the Cripple Creek District. That was the peak year. That's crazy. Almost 500 mines were operating with some 8,000 miners creating a monthly payroll of $900,000. Whoa. Right? So the Portland mine alone employed 700 men and worked with them in three eight-hour shifts. For a short time, Jack Dempsey was on the Portland payroll. We've heard about Jack Dempsey up in the area, so there you have it. Yeah, he knocked out some people underneath the surface of the earth, right? Yeah, he did. I probably. (laughs) I'm guessing. (laughs) Of the district's mines, the Portland was the largest and richest over a 50-year period. It produced gold worth over $60 million. Wow. That's insane. Standing on Battle Mountain was just above Victor. The Portland's buildings and dumps sprawled over 180 acres. Its 3,200-foot shaft was the deepest in the camp. 3,200-foot shaft. (laughs) Okay, I thought there was something wrong with my earphones. 3,200 feet. down. And the Mali only goes a thousand feet. Wow. That's crazy. It is crazy. So the Crescent halfway between Victor and Cripple Creek was the district's second greatest producer. In 1914, the field's richest discovery was made there. A small cavity in the 1200 foot level produced four carloads of ore worth almost $500,000. Some of it was worth as much as $50 a pound. Now that's insane. That's a lot of dough. It is a lot of dough. The Crescent's quote-unquote treasure chest was locked off from the other parts of the mine with a vault door. Armed guards stood by while it was worked out. The ore left the mine in locked boxcars, and guards stayed on the train until it reached the mill in Colorado City. So you're talking that's serious business. That's like what they do today. <laughs> yeah, and, and remember, because miners were kind of uh, pinching some of that stuff in their pockets on the way out, too. Oh, yes, they did. <laughs> you are correct. So Cripple Creek's gold produced 30 millionaires. Winfield Scott Stratton, a Colorado Springs carpenter, was the first. After 15 years of prospecting, he struck Pater on July 4, 1891, and called his claim to independence. Stratton took over $4 million out of his mind before selling it to a London company for $11 million. It's a good return on your hard work. No doubt, right? The independence ultimately produced more than $28 million worth of gold. That's just one mine. One of the gold camp's principal mines was located right in the very heart of downtown Victor. While land there was being leveled off for a hotel building, rich ore was discovered. The hotel plans were junked on the spot, and the great gold coin mine came into being. Duh. <laughs> you, you think? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So the pharmacist mine in Altman was also discovered by pure chance. Not knowing where to start digging, the druggist who made the strike threw his hat in the air. He dug where it fell, hit a rich vein, and became one of the district's millionaires. Um, Right? That would never happen to me. That would never, ever happen. I'm getting out of the aspirin (laughs) business, honey. The cash on delivery mine in Poverty Gulch gave Spencer Penrose his first great wealth. Penrose's COD profits were wisely invested in milling and other mining enterprises. And in 1918, he built the Broadmoor Hotel in Colorado Springs. I keep telling people down in Colorado Springs, all that stuff was built on Cripple Creek Gold. That's right. So that's true. Put that in your (laughs) pipe and smoke it. Right. The other of the district's better known mines included the Elkton, Ajax, Golden Cycle, Angoria Leland, Gold King, Strong, El Paso, and Isabella. 
And there was the Moon Anchor, Christmas, War Eagle, Ocean Wave, Wild Horse, Joe Dandy, Conundrum, and Sitting Bull. There are 500 mines with 500 different names. I, I can't even get my head wrapped around that. Right. And like I said, we produced all the first millionaires in Colorado. And so it's like the history up here, people have no idea how expansive and how important it really is to Colorado history. You know, by the same token, when all that kind of stuff dried up, just imagine, I mean, it just devastated the area. Oh, for sure. No, yeah, it was a huge slump. I mean, Cripple Creek didn't get dirt streets until gaming came in. And that's a true story. <laughs> wow. For real. So, um, yeah, it went through a real hard time. And we know it's still mining today, and we're producing great gold ore right across the street from the Heritage Center. Come this time next year, they're going to be mining customers as well when uh, that big old hotel goes up. Yes, indeed. And so it's expanding on so many different levels. So we may see another heyday. You never know. You know, I'm hoping so. I do, too. I do, too. Well, that's a great story. And now I'm going to have to go think about that for a minute, because every time you, you tell one of these stories, they're, they're so great. My mind starts to turn and then I have to get online and start looking and, and right. you know, checking all the pictures out. Right. <laughs> I know the pictures are amazing. Well, we are going to let you go because we got Ellen Moore coming in and then uh, Kim Wadig is coming in today. She's got some kind of surprise she's going to talk to us about. So uh, you're off the hook and get on that plane, go pack your bags and uh, we'll talk to you when you get back. Sounds good. Sounds good. Thanks for everything you do. And we will talk to you when I get back. All right, Michelle, thank you for what you do. And uh, yeah, the bear cave is just not the same without you. But uh, like I say, your your seat's still sitting here. We're keeping it dusted. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Have an awesome trip and we'll see you when you get back. Okay. Okay, sounds good. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, Michelle. Bye. If you haven't been up to Victor or Cripple Creek area in a while, you need to get up there because there's a lot of cool changes that are happening. But uh, thank God Michelle showed up and saved me for myself for story time. But uh, more importantly, right now on the Bear Cave Hotline, welcome back, Ellen Moore. Ellen, how are you? I'm doing just great. Uh, busy girl getting ready for a big event. Yeah, I should have said Ellen Moore from the Two Mile High Club. I'm so bad these days. Oh, well. Well, anyway, let's uh, let's refresh everybody's memories. It's uh, it's really one of the biggest events that's happening right now. So run it down for us. What's going to be going on on Donkey Derby Day? Well, August 13th, we have a one-day festival. This is our 91st Donkey Derby Day weekend. Wow. Yes, we've been doing this since 1931. The city has put on a festival that benefits. Um, it is an annual fundraiser for the Cripple Creek Donkeys. August 13th this year, we we, we are going to be doing the traditional donkey races. And we are happy to say that all of our team slots have been filled. We're going to be doing three heats to uh, generate winners that will go towards the trophy race at the end of the day. So starting at noon every hour, we will have a race up until four o'clock when we um, hand out the top five trophies for the top racers. So that's gonna be right in the, um, uh, the first part of the town when you drive in, the races are gonna be right around the Wildwood Casino there. You won't be able to miss it. It's usually pretty packed and we'll have flags set up and and, uh, media and so on and so forth. So um, that's gonna happen. We also have gold panning and not just uh, the typical smaller trough panning that we have at the museums. We are having full blown um, six to seven troughs and those are gonna be provided by 
the uh, Colorado Gold Prospectors Club. Oh, that's cool. Yep, very cool. And there's actually going to be gold in those troughs because um, part of their services uh, in setting up is that the Two Mile High Club uh, purchased gold for them to put in those troughs. Wow. So they are going to be doing demonstrations. They'll be doing training and everybody will be able to gold pan up and down Bennett. That's very exciting. I'm going to leave my gold pan at home and bring a wash basin. <laughs> that would be bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and I, I'm sure that they're going to have, uh, you know, like uh, stones and gems and so forth in there. Uh, but there is going to be a smattering of gold. And if you've ever seen them at Territory Days, they set up a huge uh, tent with all of their troughs. And, um, you know, we it, their, their troughs are always full. So um, that's a, an addition this year. Let me ask you something real quick. When you say donkey races and stuff like that, it's, it's going to kind of double back for a second. I'm, I'm envisioning, I don't know, funny hats and Kentucky Derby stuff, but it's not like that, right? Well, we bring in pack donkeys because you would never be able to race our donkeys. They are not trained for racing, having anything on their back. Bill Lee travels the state of Colorado and adjoining states for the borough races that are held throughout Colorado, which is now considered one of the Colorado activities because we had so many mining towns that use boroughs. We now have borough races in Fairplay. We have borough races in Leadville, borough races in Salida and Buena Vista. And Cripple Creek is just another mining town that has kept that tradition alive. The pack boroughs come and they're trained to race. They will have like a saddle on their back or, or a pack on their back. And um, each team will be assigned a donkey at the start of the race. And they race a course. They pick up props along the way. They're going to pick up a gold nugget. They're going to pick up a sack of money. And they're also going to pick up pick up a big inflatable carrot. Wow. They uh, are encouraged to have costumes, but not to have anything impeding their ability to run. So nothing around their feet or legs. And it's really a lot of fun to watch. I mean, we will have people sitting on the big hill watching. And you can watch it from start to finish as they go through, you know, a small part of the town and get to the finish line over there by, um, they finish over by the uh, narrow gauge railroad train. It's a lot of fun. And like I said, we are full, all of our races have been closed. So we have all of our teams set up already. And um, those races start right at noon. Well, I missed it last year, but I am really looking forward to seeing all the activities this year. But besides that, there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on as well that day, right? Absolutely. Well, besides 40 food vendors and retail vendors, we also have our beer garden. We have music starting at noon with the riders, the friends of the riders who are very popular in Teller County. In the afternoon, um, after the riders, we have the Tenderfoot Bluegrass Band, who are also very popular and then we finish with a free concert at five o'clock this is a john denver tribute artist ted vigil who travels the country doing john denver concerts tribute concerts and he not only looks like john denver if you were to see our poster our website oh boy does he ever amazing amazing people have actually said john denver's going to be there i'm like well that would be kind of impossible (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah but 
but so many people so excited about attending that because this year is the 50th anniversary of the release of the song Rocky Mountain High. That's right. So we're kind of celebrating that um, release. And, um, you know, the state of Colorado has lots of events celebrating that um, anniversary. In addition to all that, we have axe throwing. We have the fluorescent fossil bus. We have the Colorado School of Mines competition team that's going to be doing demonstrations. We have a lot going on and it is going to be a full fun day of activity. So, and not to mention, we'll have our, all of the museums will be open. The train is going to be running. We're going to have a lot of fun and we're really looking forward to it. Well, I know that uh, myself and Michelle, I'm going to be hanging out with her at the bear tent. So there'll be a little bit of a bear cave vibe hanging out. Oh, good, good, good. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Come on by and say hi, but uh, Hey, maybe next year we can up it a notch and have some ax catching competitions. Who knows? <laughs> All right, maybe not I so much. I would imagine that would take some pretty heavy duty gear, <laughs> you know? Yeah, or someone you don't really like that much, you know? Just put them out yeah, there. there you go. Catch the axes, but... Why not? All right, so that's it's August 13th. That's right around yes, the corner. it is. So everybody get up there because it's such a great cause to begin with. And uh, who can resist the donkeys? Come on. Exactly. Everyone loves them. So it's... Uh, yes, you're right. It is a great cause. This is our annual fundraiser. And every dollar we raise goes towards the care and feeding of the donkeys. Okay, well, you don't have to convince me twice. I'm going to be there for sure and and, uh, encouraging everybody else to get up there and uh, support this great event. All right, Ellen. Well, I appreciate you taking a few moments and uh, coming in and telling us all about Donkey Derby Day. And uh, we'll see you there. All right. Thank you so much, Dennis. Thanks, Ellen. All right, that was Ellen Moore from the Two Mile High Club talking about Donkey Derby Days. And on the Bear Cave Hotline right now, I have this unique opportunity right now. And I've got Kim Loddick, the Victor Main Street Manager, and T-Texas Tony Turnstile on the phone. How are you guys doing today? Yes, sir, Dennis. Thank you so much for having us on. Hey, Dennis. Thanks a lot. Okay. When I read about this event, I was kind of like scratching my head and I thought, okay, I got to get a hold of Kim really quick. Can I call you T? I guess so, right? You just call me, you know, T, Tex, Tony, anything turnstile. Many people do, but uh, whatever, whatever you prefer. All right. Well, first of all, Kim, I've got to ask, how did you and Tex come together on this project and then tell me what this project is? Because this is a very unique thing that's happening this weekend. I don't know exactly how Tex got my phone number, but he called me one day and uh, and warned me that he was going to tell me about what I might think is a crazy idea. <laughs> well, at least he was honest. Yep. And that's my favorite kind of idea. So he explained his dream. This was early in the year, January or February. He explained his dream explained that of all the fields in the United States, that the Gold Bowl in Victor is one of the very few that could handle um, this kind of attempt that we're about to talk about. And I thought it was a wonderful idea. We had a, we had a bit of a discussion and he was excited about enough about our discussion that he, he decided to come and present the idea to city council at the, the city council meeting the next month to see if he could get everybody on board. And Victor City Council and administration was way behind it. Super excited about it. It's a, it's a wonderful opportunity for Victor a really unique idea and something that brings the attention that the Gold Bowl really deserves. So that's how it started. Well, let's not keep our listeners in suspense any longer. Tex, what is this event that you guys are about to pull off on, I believe it's Saturday, August 6th, correct? In Victor. Yeah, it said set for the 6th. We we do, we did reserve the field for the 7th as a backup day, but we are trying to hit the longest baseball 
ever measured on planet Earth. That's what I'm calling it, and that's what we're trying to achieve. The official Guinness uh, World Book title is going to be Longest Batted Baseball. I have always thought, and this is no secret for, for people in Colorado, because Mile High and the old Mile High, now the Rocky Stadium, elevation does help a baseball travel. You can get some prodigious home runs. Uh, Joey Meyer, AAA for the Zephyrs in 1987, hit one 582 feet. And that's it. That's a Denver elevation. That's a monster. It is a monster. And it's, it's, it was such a monster home run. If you, you can find it on YouTube, the announcers were like, you know, that's, that's ridiculously far. We got to get a city engineer to measure that, you know? So that's why that one kind of stands out because all the like personal accounts of like uh, Mickey Mantle hit one out of Detroit, Babe Ruth shots, Josh, Josh Gibson shots out of Yankee Stadium. Who, who knows? Because it's kind of eyewitness accounts. But Myers was like, they saw the seat. They had it on video. They measured it. So Victor A is super cool town. When I went up and, and presented to the board, I loved it. But it's just, just not that many candidates, you know, for, for that have a field or that people just live at that elevation with them and, and have a field in their town. So when Kim said, that's pretty crazy, man, but <laughs> he said, I think maybe if you want to pitch the city, you know, uh, we'll be happy to hear it. And, and going up and talking to the city and the enthusiasm and the, the reception that I got in Victor was so awesome. I was like new. But then, right, I was like, okay, I'm, I think I bet off more than I can chew because I got to make a lot of hat now. <laughs> a lot happened right now. Well, I got to tell listeners too, you're a baseball nut. You're also an announcer. And uh, I, I'm kind of the same way. I love baseball. Of course, the, the Bear Cape, we have an ongoing relationship with our own Rocky Mountain Vibes in Colorado Springs. How does one come up with this kind of idea? I don't know. I mean, everybody, I mean, I love a good smooth double play. Don't get me wrong. I love everything about the art <laughs> of baseball, but I uh, just i guess the idea of it, it is like the the bonneville ski flats land record like why has nobody tried to see what is possible on this planet that's right. what they do out there they want to see how fast can we actually engineer to go and if you get some huge dudes with elevation on a pretty hopefully good weather day who knows like maybe it goes 650 dude I, we, we just we don't know so it's it's uh the unknown is kind of spicy and enticing about it as well absolutely well let me ask you this who competes in this type of event so i have to give a huge thanks to will taylor of baseball bat bros because i was skidding pieces into place but finding athletes and sponsors was quite difficult and he's got a huge youtube following and i reached out to him and he was like he's like yeah man that is crazy but if you got if you got if you got the city and guinness on board like i think that's like a kind of like a chance at history you know like that's that's super cool. So once he got on board, he had the ability to get more guys. I got a handful of, of college guys coming up from Texas, and he's got some ex-pros. But they're just like a like king of JUCO. Also, big thank you to these guys. I mean, they're they're content creators, but they're also skilled baseball. There's another dude named the Swingman who does like long drive competitions for golf, but he was like a awesome minor league baseball player, like just insane athlete. So you're going to have guys that are, that are just, just built for it. They just go out and just hit homers all the time for content. And then you got some college guys that are just huge dudes. And I just want to give those kids a push to recognize them and their programs and things like that. So this is all about bragging rights and uh, getting into that book, right? I mean, I think that's, that's what Guinness is about having, 
having your name etched in stone somewhere, right? Yeah, absolutely. But then like, but then it's the, it's the high watermark, right? Because then if people are like, this is pretty fun for Victor, let's, let's come back next year. And you, you know, you, maybe you have regionals, maybe there's like home run derbies and in the, the longest batted baseball on earth is just, because in Kansas, they got like 24 hours of baseball. That's like a big tournament out there that's famous. I was like, why don't you just every year in victory, you see what you can engineer to do with a batter and a ball. Well, I think it's the right place to do it because when I moved up here a couple of years ago, I had no idea that Victor had a hockey rink. And then, of course, you know, here comes Kim and tells me about the Victor Cup. So it's kind of an anomaly, but it's an awesome idea. So kind of run down for me the, the events. What time does it start? Uh, where can people go and, and, and that kind of thing? I'm seeing a tentative like 9.30 to 10-ish start time because everybody's, you know, wake up, get some breakfast, but then you gotta gotta get like the screen set up. We're gonna have a surveyor. That's a requirement for Guinness and kind of get some stakes put out. So I do anticipate a little bit of setup in the morning, but hopefully we're hitting uh, by about 10 a.m., 9.30, 10 a.m. And then we'd like to take a little break there and let the kids come up. Uh, families that have come out, you know, talk to the athletes, take some uh, pictures, maybe take some hacks or something, you know, make it real family friendly. And then if we need or we want to take some more hacks, like an afternoon session. So I don't think it's going to be like an all day thing. I think the elevation is obviously going to be like a physical conditioning factor. You take 10 hacks as hard as you can. You do get tired j- just at sea level. So, but that's the rough land there, kind of a 9.30, 10 start. We're going to try to stream it live on our, our YouTube channel, 3BGB, and then there's going to be a lot of post event content made by the youtube guys i'm sure that sounds great so kim how about the city i mean they're right behind it you're gonna have any uh any beer guys out there and hot dogs kind of thing going on yeah there will be hot dogs popcorn root beer float we're also pulling some t-shirts together mostly we'll sell those online uh cam gibson of baseball bat bros has been hugely instrumental in helping to pull that together as well as my boss glory city administrator lots of people have volunteered to help mark watch add balls and we'll see what happens. Well, I know I had some plans going on Saturday, but uh, I might just have to change the plans because this is an opportunity that uh, that I don't think I want to miss. So I may have to uh, hustle up to Victor because I'm, yeah, I'm up there quite a bit as it is. But uh, boy, what an event. I just want to see what goes on and see what happens. But uh, anyway, guys, I appreciate you coming into the Bear Cave. And uh, hopefully, Tex, I'll be able to meet you on Saturday. And Kim, you have a great time and we'll be talking to you soon as well. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Dennis. Just look for the guy in the bright green blazer and that'll be me. All right. Safe travels getting up here to Victor and uh, good luck with that event. Yes, sir. Thanks, Dennis. Okay, take care now. All right, that is going to be some unique event, I can tell you. Coming up next is our field producer, Trevor Phipps, with some Teller County happenings, and also our friend, the director of marketing for the Rocky Mountain Vibes, Kay Goodell. So don't go away. Are you having a hard time seeing out of those dirty Colorado windows? Or maybe it's just time to finally clean those sidewalks, garages, and those stains on services around your home and office. Well, now there's a solution and it's Peak Washing LLC. Veteran owned and operated, Peak Washing LLC is your mobile window cleaning and pressure washing solution. Their services range from residential jobs to commercial projects using a safe and environmentally friendly approach. 
Peak Washing LLC can also clean and sanitize heavy construction equipment. There's virtually no job that Peak Washing can't handle. So call Greg at 719-651-7518 or find them on their Facebook page under Peak Washing LLC. That's Peak Washing LLC, your solution to that dirty job. Back in the Bear Cave and on the Bear Cave hotline right now is our field producer, Trevor Phipps. Trevor, what's going on today? Oh, not a whole lot, man. Hey, you made it back alive after the uh, Anthrax concert. That's great news. Yeah, it was It was nice to get out of Woodland Park for a night, go down to the big city. It's hot down there, though. It was like 96 yesterday, so I'm not used to the heat. Yeah. Well, it was, you know, for uh, being up here in Taylor County, it's been getting a little warm as well. But uh, remember last week we were talking about how the whole world has kind of gone sideways a little bit? And uh, that was last week. And I don't think much has changed this week. And, uh, yeah, this is going to be a horrible transition, but I'm going to do it anyway. We're, we're saying the whole world was bananas but uh you have a uh a story about uh i guess it's banana liquors as well right yeah so there's um on the agenda this week there is banana belt liquors i guess got new owners so that's they're getting their liquor license changed in the new owner's name. And it's kind of funny. The new owner that is going to own Banana Belt Liquors is Poor Decisions, LLC. And Poor is spelled P-O-U-R. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Little clever business name there. But I, I think that's DBA Banana Belt. So I don't think they're going to change the name of the store. But Poor Decisions. Why not? Kind of goes hand in hand with liquor. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> now, are we talking about the agenda for the city council? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Okay. The big anger issue up here right now is Verizon Wireless. Yeah. Oh my God. I have personally seen three different replies that were posted on social media from the good folks here in Woodland Park. And all three of them were completely different answers. And I'm sure because I called Verizon about that issue and I was ordered to the Philippines. Yeah, that's that seems to be the biggest talk of town. And most interesting thing to me is that the county has still not got an official response from Verizon as far as why. And it's, they told me that they're not really even admitting that there is an issue. Oh boy. Basically what they told me is it's going to turn, they're either going to have to figure out how to switch services for the whole entire County and most of the medical services or Verizon's going to have to fix it. <laughs> so, Oh gee, don't do that. Don't fix it. Just make more excuses. Yeah. The three that I heard and the ones that I saw being posted on social media, the first one was the city council hasn't approved a new tower. The second one was, oh, it's all about the gamblers in Cripple Creek and the tourists in the summertime. That was the second one I heard. And then the third one I heard was just uh, a non-reply. Basically, we're working on it. So no solutions from Verizon whatsoever. But the county said that they haven't got this official answer, but it was that they were upgrading their towers from 3G to 5G. So while during the upgrade time is when there is service problems, but they haven't really told that to the county in any sort of official capacity. Well, here we are again in Teller County, lost in space in the middle of nowhere, waiting for someone to make an actual decision from a larger corporation. That's kind of the kind of the way the world right now, I think. But uh Anyway, yeah. kind of moving on, uh, the recount. Uh, I was listening this morning to one of the 
stations, I think it was KOA from Denver. And lo and behold, I heard Aaron O'Connell on there this morning talking about the recall. What do you know about that? Seems kind of vague at this point. Yeah, yeah, I'm not real sure. I guess from what I read on KRDO, because I was out of town, they think they have enough signatures for Sudan Patterson and David Eilingworth, and they turned those in. But they didn't get enough for David Rusterholt, from what I understand. But it's going to take several weeks for them to count and officially approve the signatures. So we won't know whether the recall attempt was successful or not until the county clerk office gets done doing their thing, which could take several weeks, they're saying. Well, I wonder maybe in the future we can get a hold of the uh, county clerk and get their opinion on it. And maybe they can educate us a little bit on what the actual recall situation is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still kind of confused as to how it works. But some, what I understand is that if, the, if it gets approved, then it can force a special election. And that'll be in November, right? Yeah. With the regular election is what they're hoping to do. I'm not sure because I've read somewhere where it's going to cost $38,000 or something to do a special election for that. But then there's a normal election cycle running anyways. So I don't know. I'm, I just I don't really know how that works. But. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. Got some uh, research to do in the next couple weeks. All kind of makes sense because remember you and I were talking last week about, you know, how that all is going to work and how many signatures they're all going to need. And if they do indeed have 2000 plus signatures at this point, you've got to think that a certain percentage of those are going to be thrown out because it's either non-registered voters or someone who hasn't, you know, is not eligible to vote, that kind of thing too. So eh, I guess we'll see uh, how that's all going to shake out in the long run. Just more, just more weird stuff going on. It's off subject, but it's kind of funny. The other day, somebody called and left a message and started screaming at my voicemail over peak internet, how their peak internet wasn't working. (laughs) (laughs) And the only thing I could see is because like my phone number is kind of close to a peak internet ad in the paper. (laughs) So so I called the newspaper guy to (laughs) scream at me because their internet was off. Yeah, leave me alone, man. I get enough crap from everybody as it is. <laughs> right. Oh, boy. Yeah, everybody wants to pick up Trevor. All right, yeah. well, we'll leave that one alone and, and uh, just kind of move on. Let's talk a little bit of high school sports. That's right around the corner, right? Yeah, we got, yeah, I mean, school starts in three weeks. I think it's three weeks from yesterday, the 22nd. And some of the sports, I think, start even before school starts, like softball might. You know, the first football game is August 26th. It is a home game. I'm guessing we probably have some cross-country stuff going on as well during that time, right? Yeah, so let's see. Fall sports, we've got cross-country, softball, boys soccer, football, volleyball. I think volleyball might be a fall sport too, huh? Huh, okay. Why not? Volleyball's fall, and winter's basketball. Well, good. That gives us something positive to talk about instead of all this craziness and bickering that's been going on. The volleyball team has been good for the last few years, so they should be good. I'm hoping the best for the football team. They had a pretty good year last year. We'll just have to see. You know, I think the biggest thing on that is just the schedule. It just depends on who they're going to play. Yeah. They've got some good players. They've got solid coaching now. They just It's all going to boil down to what the other teams bring to the table. Well, uh, nothing else. At least the vibes are back in town. And uh, we're going to talk to our friend Kay Goodell here shortly, so. With all the craziness, life goes on. And uh, if I don't catch you at a vibes game, then I'll be talking to you again next week, Trevor. All right. Sounds good. 
All right, that was Trevor Phipps. And on the line right now, we have our friend, the director of marketing for the Rocky Mountain Vibes, Kay Goodell. Kay, how are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, you know, I had better days, but I've had worse ones too. But uh, anyway, a lot of stuff going on this week, right? Yeah, the Vibes come back into town. We start tonight off, play for the next six days here at UC Health Park. So it's going to be a pretty exciting time. Now, some more exciting news. There's a new picture that's been signed, right? Why don't you tell me about that a little bit? Yeah, uh, so the PBL had... Uh, did like a midsummer tryout camp and we picked up uh, we had the first pick and we had uh, Dux Landis he used to he was drafted right out of high school by the Mariners so that was pretty cool he was a 17th round pick back in I believe 2019 um, and he's a he's a starting pitcher uh, righty so I'm excited to see what he does when we get him down here and get him rolling that sounds like a real pitcher name too doesn't it Dutch Landis I love his name that's that's my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, I might have to pick up a jersey with his name on it now. Yeah, it's, it's a sellable name for sure. It's going to be fun to market with that one. Oh, side note, it was Diego's birthday this week, wasn't it? Yeah, he turned seven yesterday, so I've had him for five years. Um, and it was his seventh birthday, and he actually hung out at the ballpark all day. <laughs> As always. He's a baseball dog, so I'm not digressing too much. But uh, anyway, give me any idea of, uh, of what kind of events we have going this week and what days, and just uh, kind of break it down for us. Yeah, it's a huge week. Uh, $2 Tuesdays tonight. Dollar Dogs on Wednesdays are our always favorite. Thirsty Thursdays coming up on Thursday with those beer specials. Uh, we've got fireworks on Friday. It's actually an almost sold out game, so it's going to be a really packed, um, big pack to park here. That'll be really fun. We do our last Euronas night on Saturday um, with our partner Steezy. So there'll be a sock giveaway, which is really fun. Their socks are incredible. And then it'll be kind of your last chance to, to catch the Yorona connection this year. There'll be pregame performances. Uh, we'll do a jersey auction for the game-worn jersey. So that'll be a really huge night as well. And then our, our always favorite uh, Salute Sundays, where we, the military members get free tickets. That sounds like a full week to me, but uh, hopefully we can get some wins coming up uh, starting this week, right? Yeah, we made a, we made a few roster moves in the last few days. Um, on top of that, we, have, uh, we picked up from Grand Junction uh, Jacob Wesselman. So that's another picture we've got in the rotation now. So it'll be interesting. We've got some new guys coming back uh, to the park here, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, we play the NOCO Owls, so just up um, up by Greeley, I think it is. They, they keep moving fields because theirs isn't ready yet. So I think they're playing out of Greeley this season. Well, it's been a while since we've given away a pair of tickets, so what do you think we should do? We should probably give some away, don't you think? I definitely, I have a pair of tickets that I would love to give away. All right, so we don't want to make this too easy, so we want to make you uh, earn these tickets. So how about this? Name the pitcher in June from the Southern Division for the Rocky Mountain Vibes that was the pitcher of the week in the Pioneer League. How's that one sound? I think that's a good one. I like it. <laughs> yeah, so if you can name the pitcher who is the pitcher of the week for the month of June for the Pioneer League, we are going to give you a pair of tickets to the Rocky Mountain Vibes game. So all you have to do is send in your information to thisweekinthebearcave at gmail.com your full contact information and your email and we'll get that email to Kay and you can join us at the ballpark. Yeah, we'll get out here and we'll have a good time. Okay, sounds good to me. Yeah, I know we got some hardcore listeners and some hardcore fans that are out there because we see them at the ballpark. So jump on it. First come, first serve. The first right answer gets those pair of tickets. All right, Kay, well, we appreciate you as always spending a little bit of time with us and uh, we'll see you at the ballpark sometime this week. Awesome, yeah, I'll see ya. Okay, Kay, thanks so much. Thank you. That was the director of marketing for the Rocky Mountain Vibes, Kay Goodell. Up next, it's News of the Weird and find out who gets tossed on the bear pile. So don't go away. We'll be right back.
Do you have an upcoming special event and don't know what to do? In the Shadow Designs can create one-of-a-kind pieces for you. Located in the heart of Woodland Park, Colorado, In the Shadow Designs specializes in beautiful centerpieces, wreaths, and one-of-a-kind creations for your home or business. Whether it's a baby shower, celebration of life, anniversary, or corporate event, let In the Shadow Designs meet your needs. So contact In the Shadow Designs today on their Facebook page or give them a call at 818-400-1456. Let In the Shadow Designs do the work for you so you don't have to. Back in the bear cave, and now it is time for news of the weird. Well, the headline this week reads Mistaken Identity. A lady by the name of Christy Louise Jones, 49, of Richfield, North Carolina, was likely looking for revenge on a former boyfriend on July 22nd. Instead, she got charged with arson and other crimes the Salisbury Post reported. On that day at a house on Gold Hill, or in Gold Hill, a woman called the Rowan County Sheriff's Office to say a woman unknown to her was trying to light her house on fire. The arson attempt started with a pile of burning wood on the front porch. While trying to reach the hose, the homeowner realized his propane tank was also on fire and his hose had been blocked with a sealant to make it inoperable. Oh no! Uh... Propane tank, hose, sealer, inoperable. Okay, got it. That's when he noticed a car parked across the driveway and a woman was standing beside it. When he approached her, he said, she looked at me like she didn't know who I was. And she didn't. She drove away, but was later apprehended. Deputies said her boyfriend owns property in the area, just not that property. Okay, you're all dumbasses. And you deserve what's coming next because... It's time for the bear pile. Each week we nominate the top subject, events, and or people who should be tossed in the bear pile and eaten by the bears. The person, place, or thing being thrown in the bear pile to be eaten by the bears this week is... Our pal Barry Morphew for forging his missing wife's signature on an election ballot and giving the Donald that extra vote. Yeah, I guess he thought getting arrested for his wife's murder or uh, disappearance months before would uh, make him go unnoticed. The nominations this week are number one, the old and I, I mean old repeat offender, Skeletor herself, Nasty Pelosi for trolling the Chinese government by visiting Taiwan in order to anger them. I think she may be there for some, I don't know, insider trading deals? Who knows? Number two, the Republican Party for using United States veterans as their own personal punching bag because they were dumb enough to believe the Democrats in the first place. And number three, Christy Louise Jones for inviting herself to a barbecue at the wrong house. Yeah, way to go there, Christy. Well, that's one in the can for me this week. 
Thanks again for joining me in the Bear Cave. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Abode Real Estate, Under the Bus Auto, In the Shadow Designs, and Peak Washing LLC. Special thanks to our guest this week, Mr. Tom C. Hafer, Director of Marketing for the Rocky Mountain Vibes, Kay Goodell, Ellen Moore from the Two Mile High Club, Kim Lodick, and, boy, I'm going to try to get this one right, He Texas Tony Turnstile. Yep, that's his name. And of course, thanks to my producing partner, Michelle Roselle, for bringing us story time. And last but certainly not least, our field producer, Trevor Phipps. If you have an event coming up or you want to become a sponsor of the show, as always, hit us up on our Facebook page, This Week in the Bear Cave, or our Instagram page by the same name. You can access the show on Spotify, Podbean, or Anchor by Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. As always, your hate mail can be sent to thisweekinthebearcave at gmail.com. Our guest next week is going to be Senator Fossil Mitch McConnell. We want to know when he's joining Skeletor, Diane Feinstein, Sniffy Joe at the old folks home for that long-awaited Geritol party. Barry Morphy was supposed to come into the cave, but he said he couldn't because he was just buried in paperwork. I know what you were thinking. Talk to you again next week, everyone. Be well and thanks for listening. Sweet dreams, Sam and Max. This Week in the Bear Cave is produced by Animus Productions, all rights reserved in perpetuity. 